Good Saturday afternoon, evening, everybody. This is Deacon Pat from Idaho Catholic Podcast. We haven't shared anything with you in a while. It's been summertime, and uh, some of us took some time off. We've had some changes with our crew here at uh, Idaho Catholic as well. Uh, Daryl Falkenberg has uh, left us. He went to Honduras for a small stint, and then now he's at Mount Angel at the seminary. And then Father Mark Ullincott was transferred, and he has moved from western Idaho to eastern Idaho. And so who's left is myself and Mike Roberts. And Mike uh, and his wife Janelle just had a baby recently, and they're going to have their baby baptized tomorrow. And then we're looking forward to getting our crew, or getting the two of us, and then adding to our crew. We have a couple of new guys that are going to pop in and be part of uh, the Idaho Catholic podcast crew, and I think you'll like them very much. So today, what I thought I was going to do uh, for you is uh, share the gospel for tomorrow, and then uh, a little a little reflection on that to help you prepare for uh, Mass tomorrow, because it's Saturday evening right now. So the gospel is uh, the gospel of Mark, and it begins like this. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd and put his finger into the man's ear and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned, and he said, Ephatha, that is, be open. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all these things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's Gospel message reminds me of a man I met many years ago in Guatemala. Francisco was one of the most remarkable preachers I had ever seen or heard. You see, Francisco was blind and never went to school. Unable to read, he had memorized large portions of the Bible that had been read to him. Francisco's little brother, Angel, would often lead him to one of the village homes, and Francisco would begin his preaching to the small gathered crowd with the words, I was blind, but now I see. It was fascinating to see this blind and illiterate man challenging the more educated and sighted people, and saying, Now let us turn to Mark, chapter 7, and read. His very presence bore testimony to the fact that in Christ, seeing and hearing means much more than just the use of the physical senses of the eye and the ear. In today's Gospel, the story of the deaf-mute was written by Mark, and apparently aimed at the members of his community who could not bear witness of Jesus effectively because they could not hear his word. They were deaf to the words of Jesus, which is why they had what St. Mark considered a speech impediment in speaking about him. 
As the gospel reads, Jesus took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighted and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be open. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue released, and he spoke plainly. Why did Jesus take the deaf man away from the crowd? And why did he have to go into such a detailed and graphic process when he could have simply have only said a word and the man would have been healed? I think that in the details of the story, St. Mark is saying something to his readers by taking the deaf man far away from the noisy and distracting crowd in order to heal him. St. Mark is probably saying to them that in order to be healed of their deafness to the word of God, they need to distance themselves from many of the people that surround them, especially since the healing encounter with Jesus happens in the private intimacy of one's heart. So what does this mean for us? What is the message for us today? Well, do we also realize that we are deaf? Does it not occur to us that as individuals and as church, we do not yet fully understand the message of Jesus? Is that not the reason why we too have a speech impediment? And the people of our time no longer understand us when we try to tell them the good news. So how can we begin to hear? How can we begin to understand? The answer To answer these questions, we need to dig a little deeper into the gospel message. Since ancient times, the church has used this gospel story as a symbol of baptism because through baptism we first receive the power to hear, in other words, to understand and to speak supernatural truths. Before baptism we resemble one who is deaf and dumb. We could not speak to God in prayer because we had no faith. Neither could we hear the voice of God. We were deaf and dumb concerning the kingdom of God. However, through baptism, the Holy Spirit came to dwell within us and supplied us with the tongue that speaks to God. The ear that is sensitive to the divine voice? Yet what baptism initiates, the Holy Eucharist continues and perfects. A wise and holy monk once said, You came to Mass poor, deaf, and dumb. In the midst of the world's noise, you could hear nothing of what God is saying to you. Even now you stand here, a stuttering child unable to speak. But by the grace of today's holy mass, your ability to hear heavenly things is perfected anew, and your tongue is loosed. What baptism began, the Holy Eucharist should perfect. In baptism we are born anew, and in the Holy Eucharist, we receive the food of eternal life, which increases the measure of divine life within us as we advance toward Christian perfection. The Holy Eucharist completes Christian initiation, which began at baptism. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says, 
those who have been raised to the dignity of the royal priesthood by baptism and configured more deeply to Christ by confirmation, participate with the whole community in the Lord's own sacrifice by means of the Eucharist. And in that now famous statement from the Second Vatican Council's document on the nature of the Church, Lumen Gentium, we hear that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. All of the other sacraments, in fact all of the other works of the Church, are oriented to the Most Holy Eucharist, for it contains the whole spiritual good of the Church, namely Christ Himself. The Eucharist is the sum and summary of our faith. As St. Irenaeus wrote many years ago, many centuries ago, our way of thinking is attuned to the Eucharist, and the Eucharist in turn confirms our way of thinking. This is the beauty of the Eucharist, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is our faith. This is why we should desire to return to the altar week after week, if not day after day. As you approach the altar today, think of your baptism, when the Holy Spirit and His life came to dwell within you, making you a new person in the Spirit. And think of how Christ will dwell within you today, filling you with more of His divine life, conforming you to Him. Once you were deaf and dumb, now through baptism you are friends of Christ, and through the sacrament of his body and blood he is perfecting you. Do not take the Eucharist lightly. And finally, like Francisco, my dear friend of Guatemala, we are to understand as Christians that seeing, hearing, and understanding means much more than the use of the physical senses of the eye and the ear, and is something that happens deep within us, and lives within our hearts. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I hope you enjoy Mass tomorrow, if you didn't already go tonight. And from Idaho Catholic Podcast, we wish you the very best. We pray that God sends His grace down upon you, fills your heart, fills your mind, and opens your eyes to the wonderful glory of His love and Spirit in the world around us. Have a good night, and God bless.